Hey everyone, it's us at Kingdom Speak. Yeah, welcome back. Part five in our justification and sanctification series. Today we're going to talk a little bit about chance and things that are intentional. Welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Hey, everybody. How are you doing today? If you haven't heard, Kingdom Speak is doing another GOAT Bible giveaway. What? Come on. Oh, yeah. So if you're listening via podcast and you haven't seen our social media yet, go check us out. If you're watching on YouTube, check this out. Check this out. Here it is. Come on. It's a... That's a Schuler. Uh, no, actually, <laughs> Pastor Daniel McKillop, it is a Schuyler. Schuyler, Schuyler. Tomato, tomato. It's Schuyler. It's a Schuyler. It's a Schuyler. You can, you can look us up online. This is... So we did an Allen goat skin Bible last time. It went all the yes. way to the Philippines. Yes. Right? Successfully delivered. Now, who knows where this one will end up? We um, just... Sisson Ridge. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, funny. So, if you haven't already, check out our social what media. A Bible, man. Man, it's this beautiful. is okay. So, this is an imperial blue goatskin Bible, right? It's got the full yap, whatever that means. That's all the extra words from God, right? Yeah. Oh, no, that'd be full yak. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> yeah, we're not defining the uh, co host right now. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, back to the Bible giveaway. <laughs> yeah, <you> goat. <laughs> he has a full yap. <laughs> so it's a Canterbury Schuyler Bible. It's got the fancy Isn't it like a limited special ed- edition. Yeah, special box. edition. Yeah, it's it's uh, amazing. Hey, can, can, the formatting. Uh, can I see the, the formatting? Like show them Psalms. Uh, pull, pull uh, where is Psalms? Help me out here. Psalms. Um, the one with the picture uh, of the Ezra, sheep and the shepherd. Ezra, Genesis. Hebrews. Okay, here we go. Pull it up by your shoulder. Page 713. No. I love the... Oh, this one? Yeah. It's probably not going to be in focus, but... Pardon it's, it's, us it's for trying. It's a single but... column yeah. text. I love that. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. The formatting is amazing. Yeah. So, if you All have... All you have to do is... Yeah. So, look us up on social media, right? This is a great way to get you addicted to social media. Yeah. And hopefully... <laughs> Read your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so you do social media before Bible reading? Is that how it works? Something or? like that. Yeah. Until you get the Bible. Yeah. Then. So that's what you do. You look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you look for the Goat Bible giveaway post. And if you share that post and tag one of your friends, we put you into the giveaway. How cool yeah. is that? Right? And, and a the bonus. Fourth. That's right. The fourth option is you go to kingdomspeak.ca, and if you're not a member, sign up. That's right. And all those new members, poof, your name gets put in the hat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be three social media posts, so you have a total of nine opportunities, plus that bonus website entry. Yep. Ten. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. Nine plus one. Yeah. yeah. Bean counter Sorry, coming guys. out. I'm anymore. so glad Sorry, he's that here. A, that was a little quick. That's it. Put the calculator away. Click, 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 click. So that being said, I would like to have that Bible. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to share that post. It's a nice Bible. Yes. All right. 
you know, we always start with a review. So we're going to go to a review we have on our YouTube page. It's not really a review, but uh, it's feedback that we received. And yes. we thought it was important to address this. Um, so we always say we want to hear from you. And this is no exception. We love hearing from our Kingdom Speak listeners. So first, thank you for listening to everyone. Uh, leave us your feedback. Leave us your ratings, your reviews, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it provides a great way for us to discuss what we talk about. For sure. Um, Absolutely. So Brother Huggy or Huji, I don't know how to say your name. Skyler or Schuler. Yeah. So I apologize yeah. if I'm butchering that. Uh, he left us a um, some commentary on our YouTube. This was on the episode, well, on the quick cuts of the last episode when we talked about can salvation be lost or not mm -hmm. uh, and is your eternity secure? Um, so I'm going to skip through some of it because he, he left a fairly lengthy text of scripture at the start. Uh, but uh, let, let me read this to you. So. Let me jump in the middle. Uh, we, on the other hand, can ignore God and the leading of his spirit in us by allowing the flesh to indulge in its fleshly desires. It's as though we are dead inside, separated from God by not walking in the spirit. And here's where I want to ask you a question, Pastor McKillop. Just like the prodigal son, he was dead, separated from his father, mm -hmm. but not forsaken or abandoned his, in his position as a son. Abandoning salvation is losing it, according to what I'm getting from you. If this is the case then how do we get it back? Because as we understand, according to scripture, the shedding of blood is needed for the remission of sins. So is Jesus coming back down and getting re-crucified for us again so we can obtain salvation all over again? Yeah. So um, great question. And the uh, position, mm. if I'm understanding that question right, mm. when we when we kind of cross-reference that with the other two comments that he that he left for us was that, he would be of the position that once you're saved, you're always saved. Yes. Or what is known as once saved, always saved. Mm. So my response to what happens to the prodigal son having to come back, mm. does does Jesus have to come back to earth and be crucified all over again for him to be saved again? Okay. Um, my first response to that is Jesus didn't have to come down and do that again for you to be saved the first time. Okay. Right, it was done once. It was done once, mm -hmm. and the sacrifice was offered once and for all. Mm -hmm. So we did not need mm -hmm. a repeat return to Calvary for me to be saved mm -hmm. because it's thousands of years removed from the initial event. So if I wander from God, mm -hmm. the short answer is no. He does not have to come back mm -hmm. and be crucified afresh. Yeah. Right. So sure. can I jump on and add... Yes. So from the other comment, uh, remember we had a quick cut about uh, Demas when we talked about can yes. salvation be abandoned? Yes, for Demas right. hath forsaken me, right. Paul said. So this this is what uh, our brother says. He says, as for Demas, uh, he left, so what, that he left Paul and forsook Paul? Did Paul ever say that Demas forsook God? Absolutely not. So how can one assume that Demas forsook salvation or abandoned it? thought that was key great. to ask you as well. Yes, that, that's great. So um, keep me on point to come back to that. Mm. I, I think in the discussion of, uh, and, and interestingly, we do not come from the doctrinal position that once you're saved, you're always saved. Right. We've identified that as being farther on the spectrum of the justification side. Remember we said at the start, it's a balance. Right. And you got to have both. Right. right? 
So, it, although this may be comical, mm. I'm, I'm not men, meaning it to be offensive. But mm. when when I when I am born again, mm. I do not yield my free will. That's right. That's correct for sure. So, are are we really of the opinion that once you're saved? And, and I've said this, again, somewhat tongue-in-cheek to people in having this discussion. You, you couldn't go to hell if you wanted to. <laughs> How do I get and there? Mm-hmm. really, at that point, is being taken to heaven against your will mm-hmm. heaven at that point, or does that become hell for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you might need to repeat that. I need to think about this. <laughs> so if I don't want to go to heaven, mm. but because when I was a kid... I got baptized in Jesus' name, repented of my sins, got the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. was was born again, filled with the Spirit, mm-hmm. a new creature, but now I'm 40 years of age and I'm hell-bent, literally, mm-hmm. and I'm wanting to exercise my free will, But you, I, I, I couldn't go to hell if I wanted to. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, totally. I get that's, it. That's, that, that means at the time of salvation, you lose free will. Once you're saved, always saved, you no longer have the right to forsake or walk away from anything. You know what I just thought yeah. of? And this is honest. We never even talked about this right till right. I just thought of this right now, but this would explain the conduct of some people that we know. They are, they feel they're saved and they're trying to get unsaved and they're doing everything they can possibly. <laughs> that would explain so, their conduct. Wouldn't yeah. it? Well, the only hell they'll be able to enjoy is here on earth. <laughs> oh. We all know that one person is like, what are you doing with your life? Right. And, and just for the record's sake, the response at that point is, well, they've never been saved, doesn't hold water. Mm. Right. Okay. That's just like the guy that says, well, you weren't healed because you didn't have enough faith. God wanted to heal you too. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because if, really, if you were ever really truly saved, I think we all know people that have experienced salvation, been born again, mm-hmm. that have mastered mm-hmm demonstrating that they are intent <laughs> on just, going south. Just in case you wondered, I'm not a Christian anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally, though. Literally. Yeah. There, there have been people that have walked away from our church that that are happy to introduce to, to their friends, now this is the real me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm. I worshiped with them. I rejoiced with them. Mm. I saw the Holy Ghost move them. Mm-hmm. But they've used their free will, and it's theirs to use. And that's not to say you can't come back to God, right? Right. So you, so you think that when it says that Demas forsook. I, okay, right? he, great point mm-hmm. when he's saying Paul never did identify right. that Demas forsook God. I give that. That's, right. that's exactly right. There is that's no what, scriptural reference for that. It's not the key part of the phrase, though. Right. Right. So Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. That seems a little more significant, right? Okay. He left me because he loved this present world. But when you cross that reference that with the other writings of the apostle, when he says, and if you love the world, Mm. the love of the Father is not in you, Mm -hmm. then the burden of proof is now on the presenter to prove that he did not abandon salvation. Because how can you love the world... Mm-hmm. which means the love of the Father is not in you, yeah. and yet still be right with the Father. Right. Two masters. It's impossible. 
So when you start reading of things like, and, and, and scripture's full of this, and we've got other stuff to talk about, so we gotta, we got to move on from this, but specifically addressing once saved, always saved, mm-hmm. there's a number of scriptures that begin coming to the surface, and, and I've, I have jotted some of these down, but Romans says when they knew God, they glorified him, which was not just an academic mm-hmm. understanding right. of God, For sure. but there's an intimacy there. Mm-hmm. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God. So guess what? God gave them up. Mm. Now, I don't know how once saved, always saved fits into a narrative of, you know who I am. We have had relationship. Mm-hmm. And now you're refusing to give me glory. So I'm going to give up on you. Mm-hmm. Go, go to the book of Revelations when he's calling out the churches. And what does mm-hmm. he say? Mm-hmm. If, if, you don't, if you don't get back to your first love, mm-hmm. if, you, if, you, if you don't get back to that, then, then I'm going to remove your candlestick. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what, hold it just a second. If I'm saved, it doesn't matter. What do I got to get back to my first love for? Because you can abandon that first love. And if you continue on that track, the candlestick is removed. You're, you're neither cold nor you're hot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. So it is from that understanding that we have to find delicate balance. And that's what we've been trying to do over these last four or five episodes mm-hmm. of it's all God that justifies me. I cannot justify myself. Salvation is not something that is lost. If you can't earn it, you, you can't, can't lose, it. lose it. You can't lose it. But you can neglect it, abandon it, walk away from it, forsake it. Mm-hmm. And God can take it from you. That's, that's another element that we haven't talked. God can remove it from you. He said of the vine that is not producing fruit. So clearly the vine is a part of him, but it is not being as fruitful as he, the master, deems necessary. Then what does he say? I remove it. I prune it. Wow. Great explanation. And thank you for the feedback. Uh, Absolutely. We appreciate it, right? Keep that coming. If you have more questions, um, we... You know, join. and to this brother, man, yeah. let's let, let's hear some more. Uh, also, I would encourage you if you're not already a member of KingdomSpeak.ca, uh, go sign up, uh, log in. If you have more questions, it's a great spot as a forum to post questions. We have a whole bunch of people on there, uh, even other Kingdom Speak guests that are on yeah. there. Look, a little more conducive for this kind of discussion than in the yeah comment section. So that being said, we have more content to get into. We do what? part. Five. Wow. So if, if this is your first episode, like we've said for the last three, <laughs> yeah. go back and listen to the first one, right? Yep. Sound Clippers, man, this has been great. Yeah. You've had... You've You're had, welcome. You've had fun. You've, you've had a heyday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you have for us today? Where are we going? The, the recap, and we've already kind of tapped into it, but quickly as a reminder, justification is a monergistic exercise. It is all God. It's the act of a moment. You can experience it in a single mm-hmm. moment. Right. Encounter. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you are justified with God at that moment. Right. Okay? Everybody understands. 
that if you were to die, the rapture was to take place, you are right with God at that moment. Nobody would debate it. You're born again. Sure. Now are you a son of God. But Mm. it doth not appear what you shall be. Mm. So if he doesn't let lightning strike you, Mm -hmm. and if he doesn't return, then from that moment on, the exercise of sanctification becomes a synergistic one. It is one where you work with God. Mm -hmm. And brothers and sisters, we talked about this in the last episode. That's That's a lifelong journey. You got to work at it. It is. It is. We are called to the promised land of sanctification. And we we experience victory and we fail. Mm -hmm. We're not perfect. Mm -hmm. But we keep trying. And, w- and, and in our effort and in our attempt to conquer the land of sanctifica- sanctification, mm-hmm. our condition may vary, but our status remains the same. He that is pure, purify- he that hath his hope, mm-hmm. purifieth himself even as he is pure. So that brings us to today's discussion of... of unpacking a bit more, and we mentioned this, I believe, in the last episode, that God is not just omnipresent. He is, Mm -hmm. meaning he is everywhere, Mm -hmm. but he is also a God that manifests himself. And it is the objective, for sure, of myself, but I know it's not exclusive to just me, that I want to encounter the manifestation of God. For sure. I do not want to have to rely in our congregation on mm-hmm. the fact that God is everywhere to be able to say that God was present. Yeah, you're looking for a little evidence. Right. <laughs> right. So just because God's everywhere does not mean that he will manifest himself everywhere. Mm-hmm. God has preferred places, bushes throughout mm-hmm. the Old Testament, mm-hmm. mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah arcs he had specific places that he chose to manifest himself and each of those places were sanctified places oh interesting and you and i so justification again recapping justification qualifies me to be in right standing with god in heaven that's right sanctification in the same way that he said to moses Sanctify the people, I am coming down. Mm -hmm. Sanctification is that relational aspect of me working with God so that I can experience a God encounter on earth. Holiness, sanctification, qualifies me for manifestation. Not everybody can handle manifestation. <laughs> mm. Yeah. All right. And so I want us to read um First Samuel. Yes, first Samuel chapter six. All right. Let's go to verse six. Wherefore then do ye harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he had wrought wonderfully among them, did they not let the people go and they departed? Now therefore make a new cart and take two milch kine on which there hath come no yoke, and tie the kind to the cart, and bring their calves home from them, 
and take the ark of the Lord and lay it upon the cart and put the jewels of gold, which you return him for a trespass offering in a coffer by the side thereof and send it away that it may go and see if it goeth up by the way of his own coast to Beth Shemesh. Then he hath done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that smote us. It was a chance that happened to us. It was a chance. A chance. That happened to us. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give a little spoiler here. It wasn't just a chance. (laughs) (laughs) And if you stick around to the end of the podcast, you're going to understand a little better what we're talking about. But if you walk into a building Mm -hmm. and you feel the presence of God in a manifested form, in his omnipresence, he's at the grocery store, he's at the car dealership, he's at the auto parts store, he's at the bank, he's at the restaurant, he's even at the bar, he's at the sports venue, he's at the other more seedy Mm -hmm. neighborhoods that you can think of. Mm -hmm. David said, if I make my bed in hell, hell, mm-hmm. you're there. I don't want that to be the benchmark. Mm. I don't want that to be the high watermark by which I measure my interaction with God. Well, and some people never, ever get beyond that level of experience. Mm. Try to explain to somebody what it's like to be in a in a in a church service where, you know, in a worship setting or a preaching setting where we would say that God was manifested. Right. Right. If you've never experienced it, <clears throat> absolutely, you can't, you can't even appreciate what we talk about. Absolutely. Right? And there are so many things in Scripture, okay, that from the surface look like they're just by chance. Yeah. It looks, it looks to the carnal observer that the woman coming to the well and Jesus sitting there mm-hmm. and that manifestation, that encounter was just by chance. But that was not just by chance. Mm -hmm. That was a divinely orchestrated moment, and there were significant decisions Mm -hmm. that led to that encounter. The same man with the blind, the same case with the blind man sitting by the Mm roadside begging, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. It wasn't just chance. Jesus eating a meal with Zacchaeus was not just chance. That's right. That's right. The man climbed a tree Mm -hmm. to make that happen. He separated himself. Right. Yes. Okay. Specific actions that pulled him out of the crowd that gave him a vantage point Mm -hmm. and an opportunity for an encounter. A good question to ask yourself is what are you not willing to do? to have that encounter with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Zacchaeus goes back home and goes, everything that I took from the poor, I'm going to pay it back. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's right. Above and beyond. Jesus didn't even ask. Just in the presence of the manifestation, he began working on his sanctification. Mm -hmm. And so the more you hang around God, getting your sins taken care of, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. For all of those of you that have been wondering, are we? Are you trying to insinuate that my works don't matter? Absolutely not. I'm telling you that the closer you get to him, mm-hmm. for sure, 
the more he begins to challenge you and make you zealous of good works. Mm -hmm. You want to fix what's wrong. You want to correct the mistakes in your life. But if we confuse the omnipresence of God with the manifestation of God, then do you know what? Burning bushes begin losing their pizzazz. Mount Sinai's begin losing their allure because if a manifestation is no different than the omnipresence of God, then it really doesn't matter if I sanctify myself or not. Well, exactly. Right? No point. The reason that Moses was to sanctify the people is God wanted to come down mm. and manifest himself to them. And this omnipresent God had been on that journey for quite some time to have a place where he could meet with man one-on-one, a place that had been lost since the fall. That's what made the garden the garden, is it was a place where God could manifest himself with mankind in the cool of the day, walking every night, interacting in an intimate setting with his creation. And from the fall, that never came back. And now we see in that moment with Moses descending, Moses preparing the people for God to descend to the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. What happened in that encounter? God began giving the specifics Mm -hmm. for how to construct a place that he, a sanctified place, that he could meet with people. Yeah. And we know it as? The tabernacle. Absolutely. And, you know, and it makes sense to think about it this way. Like, if you're going to meet royalty, there's protocol you go through. For sure. You don't show up in your sweats and your Crocs. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) At least not for long. I mean, you can. (laughs) but (laughs) Yeah. Right. You got to prepare yourself. Absolutely. You got to get ready. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you you ever seen the protocol back for when Harry and Meghan were thinking about being royals? Or at least enjoying the royalty of for, for their for their wedding? No, I didn't. Oh man. The the, the list of what what they could wear and what they couldn't wear. It, really? It was oh yes. Oh yes. Absolutely. Because it's a royal event. Mm. Okay. But if you're gonna meet God, you don't gotta do anything, right? Yeah. You just you just stumble haphazardly into manifestations. Yeah, he'll <laughs> he'll accept you as you Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm just telling you, if you stumble on a manifestation with God and you're not ready for it, it's going to hurt. (laughs) Ouch. It's going to hurt. Unsanctified people don't handle manifestations well. There's more to that story. Yes, there is more to that story. (laughs) Episode number six. (laughs) (laughs) The tabernacle was laid out, outer court, inner court, holiest of holies. The outer court, was there was there was a lot more inclusivity to the outer court. Mm-hmm. Move to the inner court, it's a little more restrictive. Move to the holiest of holies, and you have one. Okay? Why? It is a sanctified place. Mm-hmm. Contained in that holiest of holies, which the details of this were given at the top of the mount. That's when right. God said to Moses, I'm coming down to meet with you. Yeah, so he, he doesn't make you make you do things that you're not aware of what they are. Right. Right? He'll set out the requirements. Right. Absolutely. Because he wants to meet Build with Build it them. this way. 
He, out he, of this material. Yeah, he wants to meet with you. Yes. He's absolutely. Not, not trying to keep you away. Right. 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 That that's why I think the whole story with Esther and King Ahasuerus mm. with uh, Vashti refusing to come in. Mm. Notice what infuriated the king. Right. That's what got him mad. If we're not careful, yep. we read that story with, and if he doesn't extend the scepter, then I'm going to be, my neck's going to be head. Yeah. No, 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 no. He got mad because she wouldn't come. Mm-hmm. That's right. He had to call her. She didn't want to come on her own. Mm-hmm. Well, that was for free. Yeah. 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 Okay. So in the center of that holiest of holies, and there's an incredible discussion about symmetry that we will just skip over. But everything is symmetrically balanced in God's dwelling places. He, he, he likes that order. Mm-hmm. And in the middle there is the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. That is where he says, I will meet with my people. That's where. Mm-hmm. I'm going to meet you there. Mm-hmm. The Ark became synonymous from that point on with the manifestation of God. That's right. And so whenever the people would see the ark, okay, in those rare encounters, there would be a shout that would emerge, okay? The ark became the iconic symbolization of the manifestation of God. Mm -hmm. God was in the whole camp, but he manifested himself Mm -hmm. above the mercy seat Mm-hmm. in a holy place. If you were to experience the atmospheric condition mm. of that holy place, it was not just by chance that you felt what you felt if you were the high priest going beyond the veil. Man, there was some work put into that. The sanctif- the process of sanctification. Now listen, this is intricately connected to the process of justification in the Old Testament because yeah. it's the atonement process. Mm-hmm. And it's working seamlessly together. Mm-hmm. Okay? You felt what you felt in that holy place because it was set apart. It was sanctified. It was holy. Yeah. You didn't just wear what you wanted to wear in there. You didn't just speak whenever you wanted to speak in there. You didn't wear a certain kind of perfume that you wanted to wear. No, it was his incense. Mm-hmm. You you didn't go, man, I'm not into blood, so let's hold off on the blood. Uh, no, <laughs> no. This is his place. If you're in the audience and you went to church with your parents and they always said, stop talking, right? Don't chew gum in church. This is the house of God. Yeah, don't pass notes. Right? Or text now. Pay attention. Right? Yeah, put your cell phone away yeah, now. Digital right? notes. This is the house of God. Yeah. Right? That was that on steroids? Right, right, <laughs> big time. Well, okay, and this is what began to happen as as we fast forward through hundreds and hundreds of years of Israel's history. So now, now we have an ark that doesn't have a home, but repeatedly it would be brought forward to lead the people, mm-hmm. like it did around Jericho. Mm-hmm. Follow the ark mm-hmm. around Jericho because sanctification always always follows justification. We talked about that in our last episode. So as you're leading them, the ark would lead them into battle. And whenever the ark would lead them into battle, they would win the battle. That's right. It was God manifesting himself 
before the people on the behalf or the behest of the people, and that's where victory would come into play. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. People became, and we can, become so accustomed to a manifestation of God that we begin thinking that we can control the manifestation of God. Right, yeah. Let's go down to the tabernacle. It's going to be right. there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You're and saying we don't do that nowadays, though? Oh, no, 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 no. 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 It was the Israelites. Let's go back to them. So the, <laughs> the Israelites can begin thinking, as long as the ark's in the battle, we're going to win. Okay, yeah. Right? So then I know where this goes. Yes. Yeah. So whoever Read uses it. the ark yeah. wins. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 Right. So I'm just going to pick a fight with producer Randy, and I'm going to make sure I got the ark in my back pocket. Okay, so did they do it? Read it. First Samuel chapter 4. First Samuel chapter 5, right? 4. Four. Where are you guys at? I'm not at the right spot. The ark. And when the people. And when, and the, people, when the people. There you go. Okay, we're at 4-3. And when the people were coming to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? Let us fetch the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh. Unto- okay, so you notice the progression here? <laughs> we started a fight, and we're getting our tail whooped. We need the Ark. We should have brought the Ark. you got to bail me out. Oh, snap, we need a manifestation. <laughs> yep. Right? When it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. <laughs> okay, so they thought that the presence of the Ark would validate every battle. Wow. Oh, my. Wow. Oh, But the reality is, it is the battle that is the Lord's that requires and cements the victory. Mm -hmm. So you don't get to fetch the ark. And man, we could just go off on this. You follow the ark. That's right. Mm -hmm. You don't fetch it. You don't drag it into your measurement of what sanctification is you don't drag it into what your philosophical view doctrinal position is you look for it and you follow it Hmm. there is a vast difference between fetching it and following it sila right yeah seeking the listen seeking out the manifestation of god should never be plan b Now I'm just going to wander over here and start me a little squabble and, oh. Now, now Pastor McKillop, yeah. <laughs> would, you, would you suggest that modern Pentecost actually does that? Yes. I've been in the <laughs> average church service. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's take like, this oh, song. Oh, man, we got a song service started. I was just going to say, let's take this song yeah. and shove the yeah. ark in it down its throat. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> we, yeah. we have a program, and we are following hey. it, yeah. bless God. Fetch that thing. <laughs> Give me that ark. <laughs> and God forbid that it's out there, mm. and you were supposed to follow it with yeah, maybe some old song. Mm. Maybe one you didn't practice. <laughs> maybe one that's yeah. not on the song set. We need to perfect following and forsake fetching. Hmm. We've got to follow this thing. Oof. Man, you're getting up in the business of it all today. Yeah. So let's unpack this a bit more. So they lead the ark. They're not led by it. They lead the ark. Mm-hmm. This time it's captured. Mm-hmm. Hophni and Phineas die. They come back and tell their dad, 
your two boys are dead. That's a message that nobody wants to hear. Mm-hmm. But when they tell him that the ark was captured, mm-hmm. okay? Now, in alignment with everything that we've talked about for these last, whatever, 20 minutes, the manifestation of God has been captured. Mm-hmm. The place that God manifests himself mm-hmm. is no longer with us. I'm going to meet with you over the mercy seat in a holy place. Now the ark is with the Philistines. And this is why I said at the beginning, manifestations are wonderful things to sanctified people. Mm-hmm. But manifestations are dreadful, painful, painful things to those that are not sanctified. And this is why you can't just be right with God in heaven. This thing has got to become, there's got to be a group of people. And maybe out of the however many folks will listen to this, there is just a nucleus of us. But let me speak to that nucleus. I want to be someone that is qualified to handle the manifestation of God. I am not interested in having omnipresent church. Hmm. I want manifested church. I want the presence of God to reveal itself. Hmm. When a manifestation happens, anything is possible. You're right. Anything is possible. Right. You need to feel different about your church than you do the grocery store. God's in both. But he's probably only ever manifested himself in one. Mm-hmm. Now the ark is captive and the Philistines have it. And the Philistines are going, yeah, they'll never win another battle. Because they don't have the ark with them. And they make a fatalistic mistake. <laughs> They drag it back to the temple of Dagon and they set it beside Dagon, Mm. which is an interesting position to put it because he's pretty clear there shall be no other gods beside me. That's pretty clear. Yeah. That was your first mistake. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) I'm not sure it would have been any better if it had been in front or behind, but we for sure know that being beside is not where it's supposed to be. And what did he do? He manifested himself. Not everybody can handle a manifestation of God. Unsanctified, unholy temples mm-hmm. are destroyed by manifestations. Dagon is toppled over. Mm-hmm. Dagon, hands broken off. They they set him back up. Thank God I don't serve a God. I got to prop up. <laughs> <laughs> right? Fix my pet God. It fell over. In the yeah, night. exactly. <laughs> yeah. He can't even stand on his own, let alone help me stand. <laughs> Prop him back up, come back in the next morning, and he's clawing at the threshold trying to get out. Mm-hmm. So then the Philistines say, uh, do you know what? Let's take him out into a field. Mm-hmm. Let's put this out here where, where nobody, else, mm-hmm. nobody else can be impacted by this. That's right. And we read about that in 1 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 6. But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them. That's not a good thing. Of Ashdod. And he destroyed them and smote them with emeralds. 
Moving right along. <laughs> Even Ashdod and the coats, coasts thereof. That's what I'm telling you. Not everybody can handle a manifestation. Ouch. <laughs> can I just put this in here right now? No, you can't. <laughs> yes, I can. Oh, no. <laughs> now I'm making you guys worry about the edits. I need to stand up right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. You <laughs> you don't want to find yourself on the opposite side of the manifestation of God. He don't he he Woo! he don't always play fair, okay? He'll he gave them emeralds. Yep. And when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so, they said, "The ark of the God of Israel shall not abide with us, yes. <laughs> for His hand is sore, sore upon us, yeah, sore, yeah. and upon Dagon our God." <laughs> they sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines unto them and said. What? what are we going to do with this thing? What shall we do with the ark yes. of the God of Israel? Yes. And they answered, let the ark of the God of Israel be carried about unto Gath. Yeah. And they carried the ark of the God of Israel about thither. And so they decided that right. maybe if it's mobile, that's better. That's better. <laughs> and so Try they start else. traveling it around, and yep. guess what happens? Yep. And it was so that after they carried it about, the hand of the Lord was against the city. Yeah, everywhere they went. With a very great destruction. And he smote the men of the city, both small and great, and they had emeralds in their secret parts. <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. Not, and, and I know this is, this is a bit humorous to us. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I want you to get the greater principle here. Yeah. Not everybody can handle a manifestation. Right. For you to tell me that my holiness does not matter and that how I have church and how I be, the blessings of God that's on my life throughout that manifestation, for you, to, for you to disconnect that from my lifestyle is an egregious overreach. If I had this kind of a manifestation within my congregation and they were not sanctified and they were not holy, there'd be problems. That's right. There'd be problems. We would be asking that it would move on. Amen. Okay. So go ahead. Read read first Samuel chapter five and verse ten. All right. Therefore they sent the ark of the God to Ekron. So they had a business meeting and said, Maybe he doesn't like Ashdod. Yep. Let's it, try it to send it to Ekron. And it came to pass as the Ark of God came to Ekron. That the Ekronites cried out and saying, they have brought about the ark of the God of Israel to us to slay us and our people. Okay. Evidently word get out. So, <laughs> yeah. So now they're going, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> what did we do to deserve this? Okay. Not everybody wants a manifestation because mm -hmm. not everybody knows how to handle it. And we want to talk about that on these episodes. Mm -hmm. I want to know how to handle the holiness of God. Yes. Mm -hmm. I want to know how he likes his house set up. I want to know the ingredient to the incense. I want to know the ingredients to the oil, the mixtures, the approaches that have to be made because I want to be able to handle the manifestation of God. Because if, he, if, if you handle it right, when he manifests you, he'll bless you. But if you're not handling it right, it becomes an affliction to you. Now, they cried out when they saw it coming. Mm -hmm. Okay? Go ahead. 
So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, send away the ark of the God of Israel. Yes. And let it go again to his own place that it slay us not. Yeah, send it back to its own place. See, when you get a manifestation out of its place, oof, out of its sanctified place, yep. God out of his place is not a good, that's not a good thing. Nope. Go ahead. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city. Wow. The hand of the God, the hand of God was very heavy there. Okay, no, no. In in Ashdod, the hand of God was heavy. Mm. In Ekron, the hand of God was very, very heavy. heavy. Somebody's got to do something. It's getting worse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the men that died were not smitten mm-hmm. with the emeralds. So God was upping the ante, and the cry of the city reached heaven. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, we got to get rid of this thing. Let's, let's, let's move it out. First Samuel chapter 6 and verse number 1. And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do to the ark of the Lord? <gasps> Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. Now listen, we don't want Israel to have it. Because when Israel has it, they've brought it into battles and we've lost because they had it. Yeah. The manifestation when it's in their hands brings victory to them if they handle it right. But yeah. the manifestation here is wearing us out. Yeah. So I, yeah. we're in an impossible situation. The manifestation of God, I'm just telling you, I am telling you this as a pastor, the greatest defense for holiness in a church is the manifestation of God. Mm-hmm. Unholy people will not survive in a church where there is a manifestation of God. You don't have to be ugly to get rid of them. You don't have to. No. The holiness of God, the manifestation of God will begin to afflict to the point where they go, I like the choir. I like their school. Oh, you're getting uncomfortable. But man, this is just hurting too much. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be ugly. The manifestation drives them out. But the same people can come to the same place. And the same God can manifest himself and there be a cry of joy when they see the manifestation and blessing abundantly falls on Mm. them. I am not doing this for nothing. Right. Okay? So here they are saying, we don't want them to have it, but we sure don't want it. (laughs) So I'll tell you what, we got to send it back. How are we going to do it? Good question. We're going to put it on an ark. Mm-hmm. Which is what we read in the start, right? Right. That's how we got here. We're going to put two young. Mm-hmm. Make a new cart. Yep. So that would be verse 7 of 1 Samuel 6. Yep. And take two milch kine, on which there hath come no yoke, and tie the kine to the cart, and bring their calves home from them. We're going to take those two young calves home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take the ark, lay it on the cart. Put the jewels of gold, which he returned him for a trespass offering and a coffer by the side thereof. That was like an extra bonus gift, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't send this thing back empty-handed. Take it back. We don't want it. And here's a little present for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and send it away that it may go. And see, this is the cool part, and see if it goeth up by the way of his own coast to Beth Shemesh. Then he hath done us this great evil. So they were going to blame it on God if they did that, right? Yep. 
But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that smote us. It was a chance that happened to us. According to one of my sources, I want, I want to read it. When nursing calves are taken away from their mothers, the natural tendency of the cows is to follow their calves. The Philistines wanted to test the ark's desire and power to direct the cows in the direction that would bring it back to the land of Israel, contrary to the cow's natural inclination. The ark's desire was going to direct the cows contrary to the cow's natural inclination. Hmm. Okay? A manifestation will make you do and empower you to do what you naturally don't even want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Taking cows which had never borne a yoke was also part of the test. Naturally, they would resist pulling a wagon. Notice this. Only the supernatural power of the ark would make the cows pull the wagon willingly. Hmm. So you got these two mamas. The ark is on that wagon. Notice, you can feel the anticipation of that moment. And they are making their way up towards Israel, up the coast. And these Philistines are following that, shaking their head, going, how can this be? Cows are just a-lowing. They know that those two calves, everything within their nature is wanting to go back. Yep. Mm -hmm. But the power of that manifestation pulling. is pulling them, driving them, maybe. Everybody knew case. at that point. That You, you know they did. <laughs> Okay. Everybody knew. Now notice what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 6 when the men of Beth Shemesh who were reaping lifted up their eyes. 1 Samuel 6 and 13. And they of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley, and they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark <laughs> and rejoiced to see it. Now listen, put that in contrast with what we've just been reading about with the men of Ekron and the men of Ashdod, Ashdod mm -hmm. and all throughout the coast of Gad. Yeah. Those when guys, they saw it, they cried aloud. Yeah. They're saying, get it out of here. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> but yeah. when sanctified people. They rejoiced. When they see a manifestation, yeah. they're not threatened by a manifestation. Right. They know what to do with the manifestation. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me that my lifestyle does not make any difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not intimidated by God manifesting himself. Yeah. I have been working at preparing myself for this moment. Moses came down that mountain and told me, God's going to manifest himself here Sunday. Get ready. Yeah. Get ready. And when I see the manifestation, I rejoice. And what happened? And the cart came into the field of Joshua, a Beth Shemite, and stood there. And there was a great stone and they claved the wood of the cart and offered the kind of burnt offering unto the Lord. <laughs> then the Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the coffer that was with it, wherein jewels of gold were, and put them on the great stone in the men of Think about this. Think about this. It goes on to verse 16. Yep. But think, think about this. That, that the, the, Those two oxen walked right up into a field, right by a stone that is perfect, for offering a sacrifice, and stopped. 
The men of Beth Shemesh are rejoicing. There's nobody driving these oxen, No, absolutely. Right? No little guy standing there with a whip. No. Nobody saying, you know, gee, ha, no, no, nothing, nothing. This is a supernatural thing. This is the manifestation of God in complete and total control. The manifestation of God still possesses the ability to take the untamed nature of a man and turn it into an acceptable sacrifice. Ooh, I need an amen for that. Somebody better say amen on that. Hallelujah. That's exactly what he's doing with me. That's right. These two oxen stopped next to the altar. Nobody had ever tamed them before. They take the men of Beth Shemesh while the Philistines are watching from a distance. They take the ark that the Philistines had constructed. They hew it up into pieces. They offer those two oxen on that altar as a sacrifice. The ark is setting there. They are rejoicing, folks, that it's back. Wow. It's back. What a story. And the ark and the manifestation of God will do the exact same thing for me and you today. It'll do it. Mm. It'll do it. It's a good reason to be sanctified. Although we're close, we're not done. I got a couple more things. Now listen. Musicians come. We're almost done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's wanting to go share that post. That's so, right. So they can get the Bible. Got to get that Bible. Get yep. that Bible. I want you to go to verse 19. All right. First Samuel 7. This is 6. First Samuel 6, 19. First Samuel 6 and 19. Now this is by the group of men that are in, in the field at the harvest time and just randomly two cows pull the ark right into their field. <laughs> Okay? That's crazy. And they see all these Philistines st- standing there, proof positive that they didn't know how to handle a manifestation. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. And these guys... Verse 19? Yep. And he smote the men of Beth Shemesh because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. Come on, somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, God had just wore the Philistines out because they didn't know how to handle the manifestation of God. And the men of Beth Shemesh... Just get the ark back. <laughs> and after they offer a sacrifice, they run up and open up the side of the thing and look in. And God goes, oh, no, you don't. You don't handle me this way. Yeah, proper protocol was you don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just in case you forgot. Yeah. And yeah. so what did God do? Yep, He smote them. 50,000 three score and 10. And the people lamented. Now listen, mm-hmm. he smote the Philistines in their secret parts. He killed these guys. It's one thing for the Philistines not to know how to handle a manifestation. Boy. Oh, boys. It's quite another thing if Israel doesn't know how to handle a manifestation. Uh, ouch. It's more painful for the church to mishandle a manifestation than it is for the world to mishandle a manifestation. Yeah, it's like when the Philistines transport it, but when Yuza reaches out his hand. Well, there you go. He doesn't get away with it. Why do you suppose that he done that? <laughs> why did why why because the question that bags to be a- answered out of that statement is is if if the ark 
could be brought to Israel on a cart? How, co- how come it couldn't be transported within Israel on a cart? Mm-hmm. The answer to that is this. The Philistines didn't have a Levite. Mm-hmm. And the Levites were a people sanctified from within yes, the congregation That's right. for one purpose, mm-hmm. serving the ark, serving the, the, the manifestation of God. Thank God for sanctified men. Sanctified men need to know what to do with this ark. And so God breaks out against, against the men of Beth Shemesh because they don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And read on. And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? Yeah. And to whom shall he go up from us? Yeah. And they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kirjath Jerem. Yeah, saying, I was wondering how you going to do that. The Philistines have brought again the ark of the Lord. Come ye down and fetch it up to you. Bro, listen, folks. Listen. This is the church world now passing the manifestation around like it's a hot potato. Mm-hmm. We don't want to make the necessary changes to the protocol, the sanctification, to be in a position where we can properly handle and benefit from the manifestation of God. So just come and get it. We don't want to change. We would just rather you don't manifest yourself here. Hmm. Now, chapter 7 and verse 1. So the men of Kirjath Jerem came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar. Oh, his just son. don't blaze through that now. And they did what? Sanctified. They sanctified Eleazar mm-hmm. yeah. to keep the ark of the Lord. Yeah. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kirjath Jerem that the time was long, for it was 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. He kept it 20 years. They said, we need Eleazar. We're going to take you off of all all the other beats. You have got one objective. You got one job. Make sure, and you're sanctified for this. Make sure that we keep God happy. This didn't mean that when God wasn't happy, they weren't Israelites. That's justification. This doesn't mean that you work at sanctification to be qualified to be an Israelite. This means you are sanctifying yourself to be qualified for a manifestation. Mm. Sanctified people. It's not a chance. The Philistines went home after seeing those men of Beth Shemesh offer that sacrifice, they went home shaking their heads going, it's, it wasn't a chance that happened to us. <laughs> it wasn't a chance. No. It was a result of the manifestation. And Eleazar and the household of the Kyrgyz Jeremites, if that's even how you would say it, in the house of Abinadab, the blessings that ensued, just like they did in the house of Obadidim. Mm-hmm. The blessings associated with properly handling the manifestation of God came not by chance, but because somebody knew and was willing to sanctify themselves so that they'd be qualified to handle the manifestation of God. If I'm sick, I want you to take me to a sanctified church. That's right. Amen. 
because I want somebody to pray for me that has sanctified themselves. Mm. Because it's a whole lot, there's a whole lot greater chance that God will manifest himself there than just anywhere. Mm. If I'm struggling with depression, if I'm struggling with mental uh, issues, anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, wh- whatever the case may be, take me where mm-hmm. sanctified people are. Take me to that place. The reason that you feel what you feel when you step into a church where holiness is not only appreciated but pursued, and people have t- have taken the the necessary measures mm-hmm. to set themselves apart so that God can interact with them on earth. It's not a chance that you feel what you feel when you go there. God's showing himself there because he's comfortable. It pays to be sanctified.